I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Pod with Ross Carl here and Bryn Hall, four-time Super Rugby champion, as well as James Parsons. Now, James, I want to start with a hypothetical. Okay, there's a Super Rugby title on the line. Uh, your team is down by what, less than a converted try. You get past the ball. You've got 20 meters to run and there's no one in front of you. What do you do? Oh, you just pin your ears and you just, you go, you don't worry about the try celebration or anything. You tuck it right into that chest tight and you just know that you're just going to pin your ears and just dive high late, late. And not, not probably take a take a leaf out of Naruki's book. How he just looked left, right, and then just angled for the corner, angled for the corner. I'm glad this is at the start of the show. I'm just glad. Let's just get it out of there. <laughs> uh, Bryn, what were you thinking though when yeah. Spy Kelly texts you on the group chat straight after? Congrats, Bryn, but next time hold on to the ball. Oh, pretty accountable. Great accountability on my Spy, mate. Appreciate <laughs> that. Great accountability. Um, I hear, I see you. Even now, mate, it's been um, thinking, just thinking about it. It's, oh, man, it's amazing how um, Joshy did that, just like 1 in 100. But, yeah, it was, um, I seriously thought I might be the most hated person in the Christchurch at that time. And just thought, you know, if we don't get the result here, I could be seriously in a lot of trouble here down in Christchurch. But thankfully, the boys got the job done and um, we're fortunate enough to get the result on um, yesterday evening. Did you hear him coming? Um, I saw Will gave me the pass inside. And when I was just running, I, kind of, I knew that he was coming for me. He was, he was turning around and came back. And if it was probably wet, I was going to probably dive early, but I just thought I wasn't going to get there. So I was just getting ready to reach to reach out. And just the worst thing ever happened in my life. Seriously, just felt it come out of my hand. And my reaction just told it all. It's just in a dark hole and just wanted to stay down there. So, um, but uh, thankfully, they, um, of course, we got the result in the end. Don't worry, bro. They didn't replay it much. <laughs> <laughs> just constant highlights. <laughs> I've had Artie, and now I've had this. Just good, to, good, good fortnight for myself. Come on. Hey, four titles, though, mate. Uh, Congrats well, yeah. as well. Congratulations, Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Yeah, that's pretty shit hot, four titles, mate. Four titles in four years. One of the most successful Super Rugby players of all time. Oh, to be honest, mate, it, um, yeah, I remember when I first, first, came down, first coming down here, and you know, one was, was, a, was an amazing uh, amazing experience, and um, to have the opportunity to have, you know, to, to win a fourth one, it's... It's pretty special, and you know, if you would have asked me probably, you know, five years ago, um, would I have had the opportunity to, to have this, to have these uh, championships? Probably, probably would have laughed at you. So, um, very now, very fortunate and very lucky, and very happy that we were able to um, to have our crowd there and to be able to put in a performance that um, they deserved, especially with us losing to the Hurricanes previously. So, 
now we you know we enjoyed enjoyed last night and enjoyed that. We've got we know we've got a massive encounter against obviously Jeffrey and the Blues boys who have a sellout at Eden Park, which will be a um, a fantastic occasion and you know what you know probably the two form top teams in the in the competition going at it in the last round of the round robin. How much did you enjoy last night? This is the question everyone wants to know. Oh, it was oh it was great. Like, obviously a tough competition and um, especially when you play New Zealand teams and then the derbies and. What it's taking out of you mentally, mentally and physically, but you know, it was weird. If I'm being honest, I think we kind of looked around and you know we celebrated and it was an awesome achievement. But yeah, just it just didn't feel like a normal winning of a championship. Obviously, it's a round robin competition, but um, yeah, just different, just different. Knowing that we had a had a job to do, and we've still got a still got a game against the Blues boys who are pretty hungry and in a pretty good mindset at the moment. So yeah, it was it was it was different. It was a pretty weird feeling actually. Yeah. Was there like a predetermined chat as to how you'd celebrate? You know, obviously there was no champagne, there was none of that stuff. Did you guys go, okay, we can't over-celebrate if we do this because what, would that be disrespecting the rest of the competition or like, what, what was the mindset? I think just, it was, it's, it's the fact that's what the competition is. I think, like, like, we, like we talked around before, well, off air around, you know, a final is a final and that's your last game and you know that's going to be the end of the, end of the season. But, you know, we still know that we had one more game regardless of what the result was going to be, so. We knew that we had an opportunity to to win the game and and, and win the competition, but again, like I said, it was we still got a job to do to play the um, up in Eden Park against the Blues boys, who are going pretty good, and really really good. So um, yeah, that's probably the way. Yeah, really weird, really really weird. Um, so was there a celebration, or was it kind of just a couple of beers and a chat? No, we we celebrated. We um, you know we celebrated with all our friends and family, and um, they came in the change room and. We had a few a few lemonades and um, celebrated the success of obviously winning of winning and um, yeah we had, we had a few had a few um, had a few together as a group and then um, that's pretty much it we had a day off today and and then we're back into it so um, no we did celebrate we um, you know it was an, it was an awesome um, an awesome achievement which is a really tough competition like Jip knows and um, but again we've got a job to do come Sunday in in Auckland. Jip, what did you make of it all? You enjoyed the game? <coughs> I did for sixty minutes. Um, <laughs> look, I, I was watching it uh, with my old man, and it was literally around the sixty-minute mark. I was like, "This is where it's going to count." And I think it might have been Co uh, cleaned out and went off his feet, which was sort of, you know, it is a penalty, but like hadn't been penalised a hell of a lot. So I was a little bit frustrated at that. If I'm honest, I was like, "Ah, get another call," um, and then it just sort of turned turned on its head from there, but you've got to be a pretty good side to, I suppose, weather a storm as well as the Hollanders play because they brought their A game, probably one of their better performances of the year and um, probably caught the Crusaders a lot in their own half, um, which which we're not used to seeing, but uh, to bounce back um, and then, you know, when it counted, their big players stood up um, and it was, yeah, I mean, it was a clinic. And, and I even to the point I said to my man, you know, they're just the best team at the moment and we've just got to get better. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, they've won it a week before it's finished. And, um, you know, every team had control of their own destiny at the start of the comp. And uh, we, had, we had a few blips on our um, way to this final round and, and could have put ourselves in better stead, but we didn't. And probably the same for the Hurricanes and, and their slow start. We had a slow middle and you know, these boys just were clinical the whole way throughout. Um, so, yeah, it looked gutting, frustrating, but I think in the sense we've had progress as a team um, at the Blues, but it's, um, you know, we don't want to be that team that celebrates just progress. We're really hungry to win. So uh, it's a big opportunity for us to do something we haven't done for a while. Um, a lot of our fans are coming out in droves. Looks like it's a sellout. 
which I think is pretty exciting for, for you know, the final game, afternoon footy. We know both sides are going to want to play, so it'll still provide a great atmosphere. And knocking over the champions is pretty big, isn't it? If you can knock over the team that won the title last week, even if you can't win the title, that says something about your team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got plenty to play for, but nothing to lose. Same for the Crusaders. So I, I just think it's going to be an absolute, you know, place to be on Sunday, isn't it? If you're in Auckland, it's definitely going to be the place to be uh, to see, you know, two pretty good sides go at it. And, and you know, for us, we want to finish second. I know second's, but in reality, second's better than the third. Uh, you know, the Hurricanes are going really well. Um, they've, they've got a big game down versus the Landers and, um, you know, it, it wouldn't feel as good to drop to third. So, you know, there's plenty to play for for us. Brent, you know, Scott Robertson obviously has led you now to four titles. Yeah, you know, he, he must have been disappointed at the start of the year to miss out on the big job that he wanted. But what have you seen from him this year? He's obviously just gone straight back to business the way he always does it. Oh, Rose has been been awesome. I think, you know, he's, you know, no different to, to players and wanting, having aspirations of, of being a coach. And, you know, it was, it was pretty well documented around um, the process and around that. But um, I think he's just come back motivated. And you can just tell that um, he cares about our team. And um, I guess the direction that to just it didn't start just this year, but probably started in his... In 2017, the kind of virtues and the kind of um, way that he's leading us and into where we want to be. So he's come in motivated, and I think we've always had a few coaching changes as well with um, Scott Hansen coming in and um, Andrew Goodman being uh, taking over Ronan's role and collectively just really um, going really well as a, as a as a coaching unit. So um, the bit, the best thing about Ray is um, he's got the ability to. Um, to bring a group together and it's not just from one to 23, it's one to 37 that he's that real connection with. And I think when you have that connection with the whole squad, it brings the best out of you, not only on the field, but off the field as well. And it takes a pretty special uh, coach to be able to do that. And I've been pretty fortunate to have that the last four years. So um, he's come back motivated and um, he's just been exactly the same person that he has been um, since I first seen him in 2017. How does he go about doing it? What does he do to connect with you guys? Oh, you can just tell he cares. He, you know, he's, he's a Crusader man. He, um, he knows what it like, what it's like to play for the Crusaders, and so he had a lot of success in, I guess, the the roots of, of our of our club. And and so when you've got that kind of connection to the to the team already, without being a coach, um, the players really we really feed off that and have an understanding of what success looks like and you know what it is to be a Crusader man. So when you've got that going for you, and then you've got your own little, um, I guess his own little swag of how he does things. Um, it all adds up. So he's a, he's a young coach as well. Um, you know, he's got a lot, a lot more to give as well and he'll continue to grow and continue to get better. There's no different to, um, to us as players wanting to be a better coach. So I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, seeing his growth and for the rest of the competition uh, next week and moving forward. Jeff, what do you look for in a good coach? I suppose for me, it's um, look, I've had a pretty good coach for a long time now, Tom Coventry, and I suppose he's someone that, you know, I think about when when I get asked a question like that, and it's it's more. I think the biggest thing that Bryn said there he, uh, is care, um, care for the player as an individual, um, and it's a real willingness to want you as an individual, your teammates as individuals to get better, um, the team to get better, and then uh, the, I suppose his biggest strength is the collaboration of of his nature of coaching. He's a teacher by trade. Most of the best coaches are teachers because they don't just give you the answer, they drag the answer out of you and, and you know, sort of make you come come to that um, thought yourself. And sometimes it can be the long way, but that patience and that nurturing um, teaching sort of aspect, I think is massive in, in a good coach. And 
um, you know, that's something that gets the best out of you know, me and, and um, you know, guys that are willing to learn and, and suck it up as well. So I think care and, and making it an inclusive environment is massive. I suppose the, the next step on that is we had a super coach join the Chiefs this year, right? And I suppose there was a lot expected of them with Warren Gatland in charge. And they certainly started strongly pre-COVID, didn't they? But now they've gone winless through Super Rugby Aotearoa. What have you guys seen in the changes from the Chiefs in Super Rugby Aotearoa? I suppose it's hard to put that on like one coach or one man because like, as we're talking about a good coach, it takes a good team um, of coaching. So I don't think it just falls on um, Gats' shoulders. And, and there's a lot of things that played against them um, in terms of injuries and stuff. And they spoke about the youth um, of the squad. So that's challenging at times and something that Bryn and I have been through, um, you know, when Bryn was up at the Blues. Um, you know, if you, the only way to get experience and learn from it is to be out there. Um, so there was, a, there was a lot of that. What I've seen differently, um, they sort of chopped and changed throughout Super Rugby Aotearoa is, you know, at, at the first they kicked um, sort of, not much at all, and, and you know, always was having a high, high possession stat. They were leading the comm in terms of time of um, holding the ball in play, and then defensively, I felt like they'd probably in the past they'd been like that aggressive line speed D, but they probably went to more of a passive D to allow to get you to the outside and try and swarm you there, or maybe force you to kick. And because they had that counter attacking ability, they had people in the backfield um, to utilize that. That was a big part of their game. Um, and I suppose if you compare that to 2012 and 13 when they won the comp, they were a team that probably defended the most and had the least amount of ball, at least about a ball. Um, and that's where it seemed they went maybe a little bit more back to um, putting the ball back in behind teams and, and using that kick strategy, but not massively. Um, so he's definitely made some tinkering um, from when you know Dave Rennie sort of started with that Chiefs era um, through to now, from what I saw. I think they have Miss Brody Retallick. Yeah, I think I don't think we can underestimate how much of a um, <clears throat> excuse me a talisman that he is and what he brings for their for their team. And obviously, Jip alluded to it and talked to around having injuries and in, in a in a, a youthful experience, a youthful team as well. It's kind of hasn't helped them in that sense. So I, I guess for me, Brody Retallick's been a massive loss for them and um, his leadership and you know his ability as a as a lock as well. You know they've got two, they've got some young locks there that have been playing really well and been given opportunities. But, um, you know, when you can have that kind of player who brings so much more than just uh, being a rugby player um, for that group, um, I think they've just been missing it um, a lot. And I think collectively it takes time. It takes time. You know, Gats is, you know, he's had a lot of success and, you know, coaches like that, um, they tend to have a lot, tend to have success moving forward. And just unfortunate that, um, you know, Super Rugby, Super Rugby Aotearoa is just a, a tough competition. And, you know, they could have been three or four wins, you know, unfortunately just with how tight these contests are, um, you know, they've kind of just been on the, the wrong end, the wrong end of it. But um, they'll be back. They'll be back next year. And you know, for those players that have been um, had the opportunity this year, it will set them set them well moving moving forward towards next year. But um, now they'll be they'll be back. And you know, they're always determined. They're always a, they're a determined bunch. So um, they won't stay like that for, for very long. They won't be back with Gatland though. He'll be gone with the Lions most likely. Well, maybe. Yeah, the thing with that as well is that um, you know Clayton Clayton McMillan as well gets an opportunity. I know he spent a bit of time with him at the Maldives, and you know, he's a guy that's been crafting his, his trade down in Bay Plenty who have you know been pretty successful. And you, you've seen the development of of their players and how their team has been going probably the last four or five years. So yes, get to be gone, but I think you know there still be the same coaches in there, and Clayton might bring a um, something different, and um, you know it could really help them moving forward next year. But you know Gets is there for the next four years, but. 
I think Clayton moving forward will be an awesome man for the job and someone who really deserves it, I think. Just a couple of things on the back of that. Um, so, Ross, um, so, you know, you speak about Clayton. I think the systems will be in place of where Gats wants the team to head. So I think that, you know, that change now will probably be the standard and, and the way forward going forward. So it won't be as much of a change or, I suppose, learning for, for the group coming next, next year, even if Gats isn't around. And then secondly, I just want to ask you, Bryn, you said about the importance of Brodie Retallick, which I totally agree with you, especially with two young hookers, and they didn't quite have that set-piece um, strength that they used to and that ability to play off that front foot ball. How big was Sam Whitelock coming back for you guys? Say he's not there, and, and you know those other boys we've spoken about are still great players, but they're not 150 cappers. Without him being there, do you think you guys would have been as successful um, coming into this back end? It's a great question. I think, you know, especially with Scooter being injured as well, it was just kind of, it was great timing for us. And um, yeah, like you said, like Quinny and, and Mitchie have been around for a, for you know, three or four years. But like you said, when you've got a guy of that caliber who not only is a great footy player, but has leadership and his understanding of, of big moments and big games, um, he was massive for us. So I think we're very fortunate that um, obviously it was, it was terrible with, with COVID and what happened. But for us, we were fortunate enough to get that caliber of player back. And, you know, for us, I definitely reckon um, having him had a massive influence on, on us and, so from the outside looking in, you know, there was that week where you lost the game, um, set piece wasn't great, and it looked like himself and Cody just said, right, we'll take this by the horns, and you've pretty much been 95% plus at line out in scrum, and you drove them all 22 metres since that moment. And I just don't think men with less experience could have mustered that quick turnaround in a week. It's pretty impressive. It is, mate, and the, the great thing about Cody and... And Sammy, as they owned it, like you said, you know, they came in and when we were lost against the Hurricanes and they owned it straight away and said, look, boys, we need to be better and it's on us and, you know, we'll be sure to fix that. And um, I think it comes back to experience as well and, and understanding that, you know, I've been through this situation and I know what success looks like. I've done it, you know, I've done it a hundred times or how many games the boys have played and have an understanding of what it looks like. So the, big, the best thing you want and what you, see, what you want from your leaders is accountability. And, you know, they've done that ever since. And like you said, our, our line-out and our, and our scrum have been really good the past, um, the past two weeks. What have you seen from Sam? Because obviously he came back, he used to be captain. He won three titles as captain. He comes back into a team now being led by an old mate of his. How did you see him come back in and, and how did he influence the team in maybe a slightly different way to what he has been doing the previous years? Oh, well, obviously it's a little bit different. He, um, I think he's just been captain. You, you speak a lot more and... Um, you know, the, for the final message or the kind of delivery around the team is based around that. But the great thing about Sam is that he just doesn't change his leadership style. And um, we're really lucky that collectively we've got a lot of leaders that collectively come together. And yes, Cody, uh, you know, Cody's our, is our skipper. And, you know, the amount of experience that Sam brings, he's, you know, he's a real red dot. And I guess for us, he gets a real, um, needs to tell it how it is. And I think we probably missed that a little bit um, pre-COVID. And, with that kind of experience and a guy that can just tell you tell you how it is, it's really what we needed in our leadership group and in our, in our, in our team. So, I um, mean, he's just come back and been been the exact same um, person. And I guess a little bit at the start, he you know, I guess just wanted to see how things were going and came back in slowly. But but now you know he's exactly the same person that we are. Probably just not without the, the captain's band. Tell me about the red dot. Well, for those people who don't know what the hell a red dot is, what is a red dot? Sorry, oh, I, it's just more you're, so like he's you're just, looking he's at just, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> just um oh just someone that's straight up and, and tells you how it is and um isn't afraid to 
uh, to speak up and tell tell how it is. So direct, really, very direct, yeah. very direct. And so I think we we needed it. He, he's great, and um, sometimes you need that kind of um, you you kind of need that. So it's been great having him and having that leadership style back in, in the squad. So that's something they do to break you down. Like they they kind of come in and find out what kind of personality type you are, so you can then respond correctly to the coaches, etc. Is that, is that the dot process? I think it's also it's also your teammates to know what's best way of communicating with you. Also your coaches to know the best way of communicating to you, especially in heated times. If you know someone's a red dot, you know that you can just give them straight up what they need to change. But say they're a you know, blue or a purple dot, they probably need a softer approach or a, a different way of um, doing it. As a red dot, is that difficult? <laughs> you sometimes just you got to hold yourself back. It's been a challenge for me. I don't know about Brim, but <laughs> it's, it's now, oh, progress. Yeah, yeah oh, but the first day that I met Jip to like what he is now, yeah, he's um he's been massive a change around that. It's been for the better. It's been awesome actually. But um, yeah, I think yeah, it is. You just got to I think understanding your players and understanding what their needs are and the way they can take criticism and what it looks like for them and. Because, um, you know, the last thing you want to do is to make people feel uncomfortable where they don't want to come out of their shell and, you know, they lose confidence. So I think having them, you know, an idea around what that looks like and how they're feeling and I guess the best way to, to, to get that kind of criticism or messaging um, as best as you can. So on confidence, you know, obviously the Chiefs, they've lost all these games. They've got some very important All Blacks in that team, you know, from the skipper to Damien McKenzie, guys who've been a big part of the New Zealand setup for a few years. How does uh, a team setup and the success of a Super Rugby team affect maybe the way you might enter a New Zealand side or, or not enter a New Zealand side, as the case may be? I, I think for the players you named, it won't be a problem. I think if you were a first-year All Black last year and you didn't quite get the form in Super Rugby, then it will become more of a challenge if your Super Team's not um, performing. If you're a fringe player that hasn't played a lot and don't have many runs on the board, it'll play against because that, that, that's what they've got to go off in this current climate. But guys with experience, proven form in the All Black jersey um, and of the calibre of those players who have just given it everything and you can see it, um, and the way they've played, their emotions on their face, it's, it's, they've put everything into the season to try and get it right. Um, and quite frankly, their personal games haven't been you know, subpar. If anything, they've tried to put more, more stuff on their back and, and, and carry the team. In some ways, getting that kind of experience can help you grow as a player maybe, Brent? 100% it does. It just gives you um, an idea of um, a bit of resilience, actually, probably. And Jip and myself, we, you know, my first couple of years at Harbour, we went through a lot of, lot of, turn, lot, a lot of, lot of turmoil around just not winning and not what it looks like. And you, know, you, you question yourself, you, you try and find solutions everywhere where you can. But yeah, I think, um, I think the experienced guys, though, they'll, they'll, they'll be okay, and you know, they'll have their, their processes around what success looks like, and you know, they'll, they'll have a pretty good idea around that. And, you know, going into a new environment as well, something different, and you know, seeing old friends and. Um, you play a different brand of footy and you know, just being in a, in, a, in, a, in a different environment. We're not short on midfield backs. There's been plenty of confident players around the place in midfield backs. Peter Umanga Jensen, um, that guy is on fire right now. He's running some sweet lines. So what do you guys make of him? He's strong. Um, as you say, he's great at cutting a line and, and going between players um, and, and breaking that. You know, he never runs directly at a player, so you don't get a good chance at him. You know, it's like when someone runs between you, it's almost awkward because you'll probably end up swinging around and clashing heads with your mate. 
um, which I'm pretty good at. And, um, and, <laughs> and um, you know, that, that's, that's the best way is you normally break through those tackles and, and make the game line. And he's great at that, scored a try doing a similar thing the other night. Um, where he sits, man, you know, like you've got Anton, you've got Rico, uh, who I think is probably the Form 13. Um, Nani's out injured, so uh, it does open up a chance there, but he's more of a 13, not a 12. You've got Jack. Um, you can't forget Enor was in and around the All Blacks. Um, and yes, he's had a few injuries, but um, you know he's when he's been out there, he's performed. Um, you know, and he's got that ability. You, know, you just look at that kick he put through against us to pin um, Bodie into the corner uh, down in Christchurch. So he's got that added ability of he's quite a, got a bit of finesse. He's got the pace, he's got the power. So he has to be considered as well. But in terms of current form, Peter's probably right up there. Um, but there's a there's a log jam um, from from where I sit in that in that space. You've got to buy your time in the All Black midfield, don't you? But there's been some really good players over the years. Guys like Ryan Crotty have had to wait and wait and wait. I actually think 13 is one of the most important roles in the team. Do you agree, Bryn? Like just defensively and attack. 100% it is. You know they're the uh, they're eyes for the outsides, and you know they've got to talk to obviously the inside backs as well. So. The thing that I've been most impressed with Pete as well is like his his ability to to distribute as well. And I think you know those little finished touches that that centers probably need at that next level. You know you're starting to you're starting to see that. I know that he's he's a great runner and you know a strong and, and a great ball carrier. But you know those little finished things around certain touches, little kicks in behind that takes pressure off your teams and it brings kind of different domain to your game. Um, it's been fantastic probably the last I'd say last three games that he's played. So because he's a young he's young he's a young man as well. He hasn't played a lot at this level, but you know, for a guy that's performing at this level, um, you know, it's it's got to definitely have um, high honours to, to be in that kind of conversation. That's for sure. He's hilarious too. That little wave that he gave to you guys from the sideline when they won down there in Christchurch was amazing. Yeah, we did see that. Yeah, we did see that. Big telly, the big telly. It's amazing, but dangerous. Yeah. You bring a lot of attention to yourself when you do stuff like that. Yeah, but that's the comp- that's the confidence. You know, he's he played well and he's playing well, and you know that's um. You know, fair play to them. They, they got the better of us that night. And, do you want to give one back now, Bryn? Or just <laughs> nah. one back? No, nah. <laughs> nah, mate. No, nah, it's all good, eh? Nah, he's, you just he's let, playing, the, he's, let the actions do the talking. Good on you, uh-huh. Good on you. He's, play, he's playing well. He's playing well. So I look forward to seeing him um, having one more game. And, you know, hopefully maybe even a North versus South, possible. Who knows? Who knows? Have either of you ever done something like that and lived to regret it in the same game? No. Nah. I don't have enough confidence to do that. No. Nah. I just, no. Nah. That's just not me. I don't know. You've done it. Oh, you, you don't know, even done anything. I'll let you the only ones nah. I've maybe your try celebration, maybe celebrated try. What are, are the blues one, yeah, yeah, but that was more to the crowd, that wasn't to the opposition. That was yeah. just me pumped up. I was bloody 23 and scored that a was, try against the Canes. I thought what I was, was great. the one you did, the one you did. Oh, you did the flick past the Duffman, oh, the, yeah, um, but again, celebrating with my teammates. I didn't do anything to Canterbury. Oh, no, it was it was awesome. we were 14 points down at that stage. I had no <laughs> right to do nothing. <laughs> uh, no, it's just not in my nature. Ross, if I'm honest, it's, uh, yeah, it's I'm, the same. Um, I'm the same. I think you're better off like what well, the scoreboard's the best way of talking. But I think I like that, you know, we're all different. I, I think it's got a great part of the game because people love it because it definitely spices up. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Spices things up, but I'm sure um, an image of that will go around uh, for the build-up of the next Crusaders Canes game um, as, as, as build-up. And I think that's what I love about those things is you hold on to them as a team. And, and you, you know, like I remember before the Battle of the Bridge, a few years back when we won, I don't know, by quite a few points, Brent, and mm. the night before, uh, night before we started the week's prep and Auckland had played and, and Patty um, said, oh, at the end of the season, you know, we get to go across and play our little brother next week. Mm. And we just had that on repeat for the whole week. And yeah. it was just like, yeah. it just festered in us, festered in us. And, and um, it was just one of the most powerful things. Like, yeah. And even when we got ahead, like you'd get in a huddle because I was captain then, and and you just didn't even need to say anything. Like the boys were just on for eighty minutes. I wish you could get it every week because that's yeah. that's the thing with emotion. It's a it's such a one off thing. It's not a it's not something that creates dynasties. It's it gets a one off reaction. But I remember that one um, was massive for, for for getting a performance. I suppose. Yeah. I definitely do remember that one, that's for sure. He probably didn't even realise he'd kind of said it. No, nah, he didn't, because I said at the Battle Bridge breakfast, um, we had like a Battle Bridge breakfast, and I was like, yeah, you know, like we're obviously Patty's little brother. So and, like, he, was, <laughs> he like looked at me like, what? <laughs> it, it, it was just part of the build-up, but it was, it was, um, was gold. One of the other centres this week that we've seen a, a little bit of is Seal Tompkinson. Obviously, it was unfortunate that he got um, the yellow, but man, he can tackle hard. Oh man, he's got iron shoulders. Seriously, he just 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 doesn't stop. He's just like a full like torpedo. Just comes in. He actually got a real. He absolutely smoked my ribs in preseason this year. Just a little um, did like off the off the, off the ruck and absolutely cleaned up my ribs, man. He's he's made a made a rock. Yeah, he's, the um, cards he really are stacking well. up though. What's the that? Cards are, the cards are stacking yeah. up. And that's and that's probably just the unfortunate thing, you know. It's it's just that balance, you know. There's so much, um, I guess, having that mindset and being able to do that's great, and it's it's awesome when it comes off. But you know, I guess, in especially these kind of derby games where you know ten minutes off, especially in a crucial position like that, where we're fortunate enough that you know we score ended up scoring a try because they are one off in the bin. Just certain things like that just putting your team under pressure. So, like, I reckon if he can if he can just sort that kind of stuff out and be a little bit more consistent around not hurting himself with penalties and and foul play like that, he's um you know he's definitely one to watch as well. Talk about midfielders. I agree. When he hits, he hits. Like I've been tackled by him, and you you know about it. Um, yeah. But I just think over the you know there's those there's been a few reds, there's been a few yellows now. Um, just something that. You know, I just, you know, if you get that name and if anything's 50-50, it might start going against you a little yeah. bit. So, yep, he certainly is probably one of the biggest hitters, but it's got to be controlled. You don't want to rap, right? No, you don't because it's hard to lose. Who's got a bigger rap as a harder tackler than him? Sam Kane goes pretty good. 
Man, yeah, he's pretty good. Oh, I think Offer and Patty are going pretty oh. good at the moment. <laughs> Go have a look at their tackle yeah, highlights. <laughs> oh. Offer Gee, Patty. I just see Offer um, sometimes, eh? Oh, Dalton goes good. good. Dalton Papaliti can hit. Yeah. Um, all your boys can hit, man. Well, there's one thing Offer and Patty have worked on is their height. They drop their height and they just go through you. Um, and yeah, Dalton's just all energy and muscle and just Dalton. But the other two really, really are sharp. Offer's got a good angle. Like he always seems to hit them. They, they don't see him coming. You know, like he seems to just appear in front of them and smash them out of nowhere. Yeah, he loves popping out of nowhere on like high kicks. You know, like if um, fullbacks are coming forward and all they're focusing on is the ball, and then they come down and it's just like bang. It's like oh, that's <laughs> brutal. He loves those ones. You you watch him. He lights up. He gets in that chase line. And he gets ready. And then the other ones are when um, players cut back on the angle. He has an ability to adjust and drop his height and just launch so quick for a big man. He's he puts a lot into his body, man. He puts a lot into his preparation in his body and getting himself right so he can play this game at a top level and he gets the rewards. What's he carrying, like 125? Well, probably more. He's a big boy. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, he'd be 130, I'd say. Maybe more. I don't know. He's big. He's lean, though. But he's just loves his strength but also does his stretching. And you know, He's a good athlete, but he's, as I said, it's the the stuff he puts in um, into his body, the time and effort and the physical, but also the fuel. It's pretty disciplined. Has, that, has it always been that way? I suppose, I mean, he's good mates with Sonny Bill and that was something he definitely brought to the equation as well, right? Um, oh, no, Offer's always been pretty pretty disciplined, but it, um, I suppose his relationship with Sonny's definitely changed him a hell of a lot um, and made him, I suppose, more... Um, sure on what he wants to achieve and um, how he wants to go about his preparation has definitely has definitely had a positive influence on him. You can see that on his social media platforms, Egypt. Yeah, yeah. You can see, yeah, you can really see, man. Really see it. Yeah, it's great, man. Um, what about Aaron Smith? I mean, talking great. Jeez, how could he even get better? Like this guy is amazing, week in week out, and you just think that's for years he's been the best or at least one of the best halfbacks in the world and somehow he's better than ever Marshy's got a tip for him when he took the fullback he goes oh mate dumb option you know he's playing some great footy but dumb option dumb option he's <laughs> cracking it up oh. you know when he, when he broke through and he, he yeah, could have yeah. taken the I had to agree with him it wasn't the option but I, I cracked up um, and he knew it too man he's all energy though was he loud out there yesterday bro he was, it was actually like, sometimes even like I watch, like obviously playing against him. And sometimes you just think, man, this guy's just, just so good. You just like, you're just sitting there, like even like yesterday I was watching it and just certain things that he's doing. Like I've known that like, he's obviously been a, probably the last, you know, since 2012 when he came in, like he's been the pinnacle, especially New Zealand rugby. But for whatever reason, he's just come back from, from, um, I guess pre COVID or post COVID, sorry. And just come in unbelievable form. And it's more so just like, He's playing, he's playing 80 minutes as well at a high intensity. And just like, it's a, you know, we all know his past, but you know, he, he's just a, he's a talisman for that team. And, you know, you just see everything works around him. When he's playing well and they're getting quick ball for him and he's been able to drink around and be a competitor like he is. Um, yeah, I've been bloody impressed with him. And sometimes it's, you know, it's just great to see a guy like that and when he's been able to play. So, now it's really impressive. And Do you think um, pre-COVID, he was quite worried about everyone else around him? You know, like when you're watching, he's telling people where to go and 
Um, and he, his, his body language showed a lot of frustration. And then it seems to be post-COVID, he has just nailed in his focus on himself and has just gone, right, I'm just going to nail me and everyone else can follow and fit in around that. And it has just worked for him. 100%. And I think even we were on, on the weekend as well, like the Highlanders' breakdown is, 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 is unbelievable. Like we were just watching and the, battery, the efficiency at their breakdown, you know, so they must have probably just had done a bit of a lot of work in getting the ball for Nuggy. You know, if you can give him lightning quick ball, he's going to set up Joshuani, who I thought was, was outstanding. With Jeez, he was game. good. He was good, mate. Yeah. So, you know, giving those guys the opportunity just to free up a little bit more and, you know, Hunty in the back and, you know, their outsides and their midfielders as well, giving them the opportunities to play. And I think their breakdown has been a massive part of that. And, um, you know, when you give Nuggy time and, and that amount of speed and possession, um, they just jump on back. They jump on back of him and, um, that's probably seen why he's probably playing his best footy in his career. You know, you know, people would probably say, you know, he's probably you'd be thinking he's trained. He's going a little bit down, but mate, he's going up. He's at a at an all time peak. So, I think maybe as well, like um, the competitive the competitiveness in him, and you know, there's been a lot of talk around like Faf the Clerk and and that kind of stuff. You know, maybe that lit a fire under his belly, and um, you know, a World Cup a World Cup as well where they didn't win as well. So, he just looks motivated. Looks motivated. And, um, you know, when you see him chirping and smiling, um, that's when you're seeing probably the best version of um, Aaron Smith. If we were to start Super Rugby Aotearoa again right now, all over again, the, the slate is clean swept. Would the Highlanders, in the form they're in with Aaron Smith playing the way he is, suddenly be a, a top two option? No, nah, because you've seen the last two, three weeks, they've still haven't been able to get across the line. So, yeah, he's playing at the house down. Joshuani being there on the other hand, I think so from what I saw yesterday. Man, he looks like a young Richie Moonga. I know that Richie Moonga is not old, but the way he ran at the line, his ball carrying, his ability to silky through defence that I just didn't think there was space to get through and he's passing offloads and, you know, especially that one when he stepped back inside and did the offload and then someone tried to fling it back and Nagy kicked it dead. Man, yeah, I think if he... He, if he came back and they're playing like this, oh, yeah, that'd be a huge threat. And you mentioned Machant as well. Like, he's suddenly on fire. Those key playmakers, 9, 10, 15, they're, they're probably got the form three in the comp or close to it, bar Moonga. Will Jordan. Will Jordan's playing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, as, I think you think about it as well, they, they obviously tried 10 and 12, Hunty and Josh did 10 and 12. And they probably um, experimented with that and really tried to have that dual, um, dual making role. Uh, making role. But um, I think at 10 and 15, I think that's probably the best way to do it. And I think having, you know, Hunty at fullback as well is, you know, it's a good op- op- option. And then I think just with Josh at 10 as well, when, especially when you're getting lightning quick ball, like they were in the weekend and being able to have him uh, take, take it to the line and use his footwork. He's, cause he's, he's strong as well. He get, gets through those tackles and he's got the little offloads as well. So, you're very Richie Wong-ish, isn't it? So um, he looked it, honestly. Yeah, it, yeah, hundred percent. There, there were some things that I was watching yesterday. Even when um, I think he did like a step. He he went through and then stepped Jack um, and like at one of the T T rolls. And I was just like, man, that's, I see that every day at training with Richie with Richie. Yeah. And so uh, to see it on the other foot, yeah, it wasn't very nice. But I think for him, mate, and um, I guess the Highlanders moving forward. Yeah, I think if he was probably playing at the start with. Hunty at fullback. Um, yeah, they'd definitely be um, going guns blazing. Now, around the world, Super Rugby Aotearoa has been, you know, talked up as possibly the best comp we've ever seen. Um, until, 
over the Tassie are uh, our friends of Rugby Pass and the Aussie podcast. Uh, Stephen Hoyle's Drew Mitchell came out with uh, more ball and play for two minutes. And, and they've got a final series. So uh, obviously the Aussie comp's better. But that got me out of that is when Hoyle's is like, we've got heaps of time for a final. So why are we not um, playing a final? And I'm like, mate, you might, you might have heaps of time, but we've got a Mitre 10 Cup with 14 teams. We've got a North-South. We've got, you know, hopefully some test matches. There's only so many weeks um, in the year. So it's like, if, you, if you're going to comment me, old mate, let's just do a bit of research as to why it's finishing when it's finishing. I reckon the Aussie teams took offence because all of them just scored mass amounts of points and uh, blitzed the theory of they are closer games on the <laughs> weekend. <laughs> Yeah, the Waratahs were good, man. Were, yeah, yeah, man, they were. Waratahs were unreal. Yeah, yeah. Michael Hooper, man, I love it when he plays angry. He looks so good. <laughs> he just—he's up in everyone's faces. He's in over the ball. Big it's, fan it's, of. I'm big it, fan it, of his. And like, that's the one thing, though. Like, yeah, you miss. Obviously, it's great playing derbies and that kind of stuff. But you know, you miss playing guys like that. You know, we even had the opportunity, um, obviously, with COVID, and then not being able to play guys like Michael Hooper and good Australian Australian players and the South Africans as well, and. Um, yeah, it's like, yeah, you're just watching the game. You're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, you just remember and you're hoping that, you know, we get to play them in the future, hopefully. Yeah, him especially because he's just all energy, eh? Like, with the ball, without the ball. Um, to the ref. Kind of, yeah. Good to see him back as Skip. He's just into the ref. I was like, oh, this is gold. In the wet. I actually think he, um, he, um, funny enough, because Tom, Tom just walked out. And actually, it was his like first game. And Michael Hooper actually um, went up to Tom Christie. What did he do, Bill? He grabbed his grabbed his waist waistline, eh? And what did he say? Yeah, he said, like, "Oh, those skinnies aren't good, boy." He's just <laughs> absolute, he just absolutely peppered him. And like Tom's just like Tom's pretty like you know he's a good he's neck, and, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, one of those jobs, is it?" <laughs> but um, yeah, pretty funny, man. Tom was absolutely in one for about five minutes. <laughs> it's gold. Oh, just grabbing it, just saying, that's no good, boy. That's not great. Uh, imagine if you did that to a prop. I reckon you'd caught one. <laughs> I think, I think, like, going back to that post and, and what they're saying, the, the, the theories were pretty flawed, if, if you ask me. Um, and I think it was, who, who's the guy? Um, Sean Maloney. Yeah. He was just disgusted, wasn't he? He was like, please, just rein it in. Stop it. Stop it. It was um, it was good. I don't think it was, good talk, like, it was a good talking point though, man. It's yeah. like thing gone all around, eh? Well, done the, the job. Ar- the arguments are fair. There might be more ball and play time, but it's yeah. I'll just take them back to go watch that golden point between the Rebels and uh, the Reds, and you tell me that's a better spectacle. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Then go watch Highlanders Crusaders yesterday. Well, that and the fact that pretty much going into the last 15, 20 minutes of every Aotearoa game, it's been in the balance. There's only really been seven or so points in it, and it could have gone either way in almost every game I've watched. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think it just comes back to, um, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk around sustainability and, you know, there's probably competition that's not sustainable, but as a viewer, man, if you think about it, every single game on a Saturday and a Sunday, and you just, you know, you're enthralled every single, every single game, you're just like, man, it's going down to the wire. Every time, and what I've really liked around this competition as well, having three thirty games and being able to play in the afternoon, it's just been a massive game changer, man. It's great. It's you know, it's a great way to play rugby. It's free flowing. You're able to run, and you're just not worried about you know. For us, we think about this time of year. For us, when we play at night, it's always wet. We obviously have a different. We try, we play a little bit different. So for us as players, you know, if we can move forward having a three thirty game on a Sunday, 
Um, yeah, I definitely reckon that's the way moving forward. I don't know what you reckon about that, Jip. You must, you know. No, I love it, mate. And, and it just shows, like, just the style of play you can have a crack at. I think that's what everyone loves heaps about Mighty Team Cup as well because it's free-flowing and, and teams will throw the ball around. It's, it was just great to have Super Rugby at the time. Even before um, Super Rugby Aotearoa, when we had a game at 4.30 or 5, um, even players, we get excited. We're like, oh, that's good conditions. It's going to be before the juice, especially if it's early on the season, it's still daylight saving. You know, you know you'll be done by 7 and there's no juice. So you know you're going to get a really good crack at um, you know, throwing the ball around. Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's been awesome. It's been epic as a person at home. Like, um, I'll be at home. I'll call up Domino's. Something will arrive. You know, crack open a beer and the and the rugby's on at three thirty in the hour. Mate, Michael Hooper might be around to check your skitties a little bit. I'm glad it's a short season. Uh, <laughs> you got a, have you got a third party deal with Domino's or something? <laughs> I should now. They're at the end of the street, so they're literally a two-minute drive, but I still get them delivered. It's got to be hard work for you, Ross, seriously. Just on a Sunday as well. It'll be hard yeah. to turn down as well. It's right there. Um, do you guys reckon that Maro Toje and Owen Farrell um, would be a pretty handy wee addition to that Chiefs lineup? I'd, I'd love to see it. Oh, I'd love to imagine this: Brody Retallick and Otoje, locking partners. Oof. Oh man, that'd be unbelievable. I'd, and Weber, I love, Weber to Farrell. Oh, I love Farrell as well, man. I, oh yeah, I really rate him. Eh? So I'd I love just, to see him down here. Mate, there's they play a different style, but man, you use Joe March as an example. He's a great player. He was exceptional for us when he played. He fully adjusted his game to our style, and and you know looked right at home towards the end there. Um, and and he's just finding himself at international level. Bring guys like that over, man. That would be be great for our comp. Be great for players as well to test themselves against guys like that. Chiefs would be really wrapped. Yeah, I just think it'd be just great to like you know you just having those kind of caliber guys coming down. And if they do play, well, obviously Joe came down with the Blues and that. But you know, getting those guys to come over here and then you know, having an opportunity that they might be like, oh, you know what, we actually might want to end up playing here. Been able to you know take a little sabbatical of a six month you know, out of their, their contracts and be able to play down here. So I'd love to see him, mate. I'd love to see a Toji. I've, I love I love watching him play and even the likes of Owen Farrell and the caliber of those guys coming into our competition, um, especially moving forward um, with you know put the possibility of us not playing South African teams or anything like that. Having caliber of those kind of players coming and playing with us, um, it's only going to add to our competition. How do you set up the rules? Like, how many of those foreign stars is enough per team if you were to do it? You don't want them, I suppose, in maybe even every team because they kind of needs to be a special thing, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough one because it's probably going to be a one-off for the current situation. So maybe each needs to be looked at on its own accord. Um, don't really have an answer for you on that. Uh, which is rare for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, I think like we have to be a little bit careful as well with young guys coming through the system as well. And, you know, their Would they not be great for young guys coming through? Is, you know, I think learn off, imagine did. seeing Farrell and Atoji at training. Like, oh, I'm, a, I'm an old bull and I'd be up <laughs> for seeing them at training. Yeah, you know, but you know, you know what it's like when you when you're younger, Jip. You know, you just want you want to be playing, and you see that kind of stuff. And you're like, oh man, but you know, you can take it one or two. Know, have have yeah. we not just seen? Have we not just discussed that the Chiefs Chiefs youth is maybe probably held them back? Yeah, yeah. Even Warren Gatlin's been saying that the age of their team, and and yeah, I agree. The only way you can learn is by getting out there, but you can mm. certainly learn off guys like that. Yeah. Wow. 
it'd be massive. Yeah. And they're young men as well, you know. They're not old. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it would be great for the game. It'd be awesome yeah. for the spectator. 100%. And I'd love to see how Atoji would go, like week to week. You know, oh, his, he'd go in real, I reckon. I know. I'd just love to see it just yeah. to... Just to get it, it'd just be a good test study. You know, <laughs> yeah. Because both both hemispheres are like, oh, we're the best and toughest. And, you know, it'd just be great to yeah. mix and mingle and see see how, how, well he, how well they go, you know? It'd be great. Yeah. Unleash his skill set, hey? Like, you feel like there's something to be maximised there. We've seen incredible play from him, but maybe not everything. But it might even grow his game, like you say. You know, like coming down here and playing a different style. You know, you talk to Joe, it's totally different the way we see the game of rugby. It's like yin and yang. How and did he say? What, what did he say around that chip? Just around that, obviously. With the, with the he, he just said it's Jones. just totally, totally different the way they. I can't go into specifics because I'll give away certain things that we do, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's definitely yin the and yang. It's all like secrets, mate. Oh, no, just almost got no, a win. Just almost had him. Sunday. Had him. Just almost had him. Chat next week, and I can talk. Oh, yeah, nice. Damn. Yeah. Well, I thought I had you there, Jip. Damn. Mate, you've already got the trophy. You don't need to do any more investigation. <laughs> uh, no, I'd love to see him there. I'd love to see a Tojo here. I think it'd be great. Is there a player you'd love to play with from overseas who you'd love to bring in more than anybody else? I'd love to play with Owen Farrell, man. Yeah, I'd love to play with Owen Farrell. Yeah, his, um, we've had an opportunity to play him when he was down there with the Lions. And yeah, I just love his demeanour and actually watched the British and Irish Lions like, documentary as well. And yeah, he's just a real or and demeanor around him. And I actually remember watching his, I played to watch his dad as well when he used to play league and and that. So um was originally a fan of his dad and then obviously seen Owen play. He's um he's world class and you know brings a different different perspective. He plays a different way to, to what probably traditional New Zealand tens do. So I think to get his kind of his tactical ideas around games and his kicking and how he sees the how he sees the game, um, especially with the Northern Hemisphere style and being able just to grow and get information and be a sponge. Mine would probably be, it's in my position, that's the problem, is I'd probably have to go to the bench because I'd want to play with probably Skulk Brits because I just heard, like, he, like whenever I've caught up with him after the game, like, he's just an absolute gentleman, top bloke, for one, and I just like the way he plays the game. Uh, I know he's retired, but I just always admired the way he went about his business and just his style and I suppose his personality um, would, would bring plenty as well. Um, so I would have loved to have, I suppose, been in the close, closer sanctum of, of someone like him. Guys like Victor Matfield, Bucky's both, you know, maybe I'm, you know, I know they're all retired, but guys like that is, so when I was young, I'm looking at them going, oh, man, that'd be awesome to play with, you know. Um, David Pocock, another one. Those, those sorts of players would be great. Yeah, having Victor Matfield walk into your line out and calling it on the spot and just oh. going up would be amazing for you, wouldn't it? Just be a dream. You wouldn't have to stress about lineouts for the week, would you? <laughs> I used to love it about Victor Matt. I used to love about Matt Victor Matfield, man, which is just like his look as well. He just had like a five o'clock whisper. Like if you're similar to you, Ross, actually, that beard you've got going on there, mate. <laughs> and you very similar. Yeah. He was and, just a little um, more wispy though. Oh mate, he, he was just, just had a great beard, just had these locks as well. He was about two meters tall and tan. Mate, do you want him on the South African bachelor this week? <laughs> oh mate. <laughs> I just, you know, just you got to appreciate what you see in front of you, eh? So, oh, you do, mate. Yeah. You do. Good on you, Midfield, Brenna. mate. Yeah, not bad. Well, I loved his aerial game. Brenna loves his looks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Julian Savier? Would you love him playing in North Harbour? Come on. Absolutely. Come on. Come on, please, Jules. Come on. Oh, 
you know, we've lost to Vita Lee over the last few years, who pretty much was three tries a game for us <laughs> at, at minor 10 cut level. So, and then we we put all our effort and our resources Time. in Mark Talaya, oh. and he leaves to Tasman. Um, so, yeah, Julian would be, would be great. Um, I'd love to see him, um, you know, on a flat ball from Bryn, hitting that transition channel between. Uh, you know, a hooker and a seven and just busting throughout the other side. And then playing on quick ball, you know, balls up, Bryn Gatlin finds out wide to Sean Stevenson, try in the corner. What a way to start the Sounds comp. good, man. It sounds good. Savia. It sounds good. I love that. He's um I saw um I saw, I saw some articles that he wants to play in the midfield. Is that right? He's thinking of playing one that wants to be in the midfield? He can play centre and twelve if he wants. Imagine that boy. Make it happen. Because yeah. his partner lives up here or his partner's family lives on the shore. So oh, yeah. it'd be a good oh, yeah. fit. It'd be a good fit for him. I oh, would love to have him. We'd love to have you, Joseph. Awesome coffee, mate. Takapuna as well. Yeah. Great bunch of lads. Yeah. Not so good at the TikTok thing, but he can help us out there. <laughs> we need to grow that. We can grow that. <laughs> Just get us. Okay. Come on, Oh, mate. mind you, Gats. Remember Gats was doing a few um, in lockdown with his family. Oh, Bring yeah. Gats. He's got no rhythm, He's though. Doing... Gatlin's got no rhythm. Yeah, Bryn can't escape from this. Bryn was doing some TikToks, too. They had some oh, was he? ones going on in the flat. Nah, you're kidding. Nah, it wasn't me, mate, was it? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Gatlin's got no he's got no he's got no rhythm, so Jules will probably help him out with that actually. You'd be up for the Nathan Cleary one, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's actually yeah. Nice. I think we actually did that one. Yeah, no good though. No good. I always find a way to bring League into this podcast. Yeah. I don't know why. Such a tragic. How good the Warriors though? Come on. Oh man. How good. Man. Yeah. I'd like Gus. to see Blake Green stay, but it was funny old Gus Gould around today. He just said, like, you know, Warriors going to do two, win two, win two games this year. And now he's, yeah, yeah. Goes, what does he do? What is he as a consultant? Nah, he said two more. He said two more and now they've won five. Yeah. And now he's going to talk for the Warriors. Sorry. This is anyway, show. come on. Sorry. Well, I know, I'm, I'm interested in Phil Gould. Uh, well, let's carry on there. Um, because, I mean, he's got an interesting um, relationship with. Penrith, obviously, um, with Ivan Cleary and how things have gone. He's obviously got a major background in winning a long time ago. When does a coach become kind of past it, like lose connection with what's happening right now and no longer be a useful consultant? Because when, when you're like him and he hasn't actually been a head coach for 20-odd years, I, I wonder, like, is he a useful guy? And, and would that kind of thing work? Well, he's been in and around the game, though, isn't he? He commentates it. He helps out with agencies. He does all the shows. He's in boards. He's on. He's always a, a rugby director. So I think he's in touch with the current way or style. And by all accounts, he's great for young young boats and bringing them through. Certainly a red dot by all accounts. Um, he, he knows what he wants, and he knows where he wants to go. So I don't think it can hurt. I you know, like I, I look at league from a fan perspective, so it's hard to comment on him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you've got to be in the current system somehow to understand how the how the game's going, and also have an ear to the ground of how it's being coached, because the game changes so quick. And and yes, you can comment what's in front of you as a commentator, but you, I still think you need that insight into the team environment. Would you agree, Brad? Yeah, I think you're right, and I think. It's more so like here yeah, having, having an understanding as well. And so like we're, talk, we're talking about coaches and 
if they've had, had long, long careers and that kind of stuff, it's more around the people around them as well, their support systems, the assistant coaches, and having been able to see, yeah, this, oh, actually, this is what it actually looks like. And then you're always going to have the experience and I guess the understanding of like of rugby or league or whatever sport it is. But I think if you just have the people that support you as well and you're open, I think as well, when you do get older, if you have older coaches and that kind of stuff, they might be a little bit more fixed mindset around their ways and understanding around that. So I think if you still have that ability to be open and open to ideas and um, still growing and have a growth mindset, then I think you always have to be in touch with rugby. So I think if you, if you don't have that and you kind of have a little fixed mindset, then you might struggle a little bit to stay in touch with the game. I don't know how you feel around that, Jip. Yeah, I think it's key. Like we're talking about great coaches before and sorry to keep bringing it back to Tom, but... He, he, he always lets you know when he's learned something off you or, you know, he's just always willing to grow his understanding and, and how, um, you know, to see it from a different perspective. And it's like, um, I think that's massive. If you're pretty rigid and, you know, you've only got one way, like, how is that fun? How is that? I, I don't know. Like, you, you know, everyone wants to learn. Everyone, that collaboration makes you come to work because you know that you're going to be able to contribute. I don't know. That's how I see it anyway. It's more of a new age way of seeing it, I think. The thing I've noticed about meeting Tom and also Razor is that there's a warmth about them. There's kind of, you feel very at ease when you meet them, even in a media point of view. They look you in the eye, they shake your hand, they ask you how you are, and they, they immediately make you feel at ease. And that must go a long way as a coach. Yeah, I think it does. And like, if you want the best out of your players and you want to feel confident and um, at ease, like you said, Ross. So I think, I guess a coach, if they have that kind of leadership style and it's their style where they can, you know, we talk about care and you can, if you can really sense that and just get that, um, you can feel that, <clears throat> excuse me, then you're going to get that and you're going to, um, you're going to have success around that. So I know if you obviously had it, with, had it with Tom when he was at North Harbour and, I think coming back to when he was a teacher and that kind of stuff, he's got a real good understanding with young men and even the men in general. So I think having that balance is, is crucial, especially for the great ones. And um, you probably see that they've all got similar traits and um, they're good coaches. 